twowayradios.com, check, check. Bytwowayradios.com. Recorded almost live from Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's the Two Way Radio Show. Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll discuss the question of whether or not sellers of two-way radios should require customers to be licensed before they can buy a transceiver. We'll tell you the results of a recent poll on the question, read feedback from respondents to the poll, and discuss the pros and cons of such a requirement. We'll also take some of your comments and questions from our blog and our forums at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by buytwowayradios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Buytwowayradios.com, your radio specialist. There is a concern among some radio operators, particularly hams, about the sale of radios to unlicensed users. And it comes down to this question. Should ham radio dealers require their customers to have a license before shipping transceivers? Recently, we conducted a Twitter poll on this very question. The results were interesting and a little surprising. Yeah, this this topic kind of came up when we got an email um from a customer of ours who um, was kind of yelling at us a little bit, a little bit for uh, <laughs> for not requiring a call sign during checkout. Um, he was surprised and I guess disappointed that we would sell a transceiver to anyone without making sure they had that they were properly licensed um, ahead of time, and um, that got us talking quite a bit around the office and we decided to throw this poll out on Twitter and um, I don't know we've talked a lot about how this would work should we do this what are the pros and cons and we really thought boy this would make a good two-way radio show episode yeah and and apparently it made a really good poll question because we had quite a few uh, responses a lot of comments yeah we got uh, 267 votes um, should we reveal the results now, or should we wait till the end of the show? Well, I'll tell you what. Before we do that, let's read the original email that prompted this whole thing. Okay. Well, the email that we received, and, and we're not going to give out names here, um, but it simply says, Hello, while browsing for radios, I came across your website offering a ham radio starter kit mobile slash base station. Very nice little package. But as an amateur who detests those who do not follow the rules of licensing, I had hoped to find that you would only sell radios for the amateur service to licensed individuals only. I didn't see anything there, but then I didn't go through the checkout process where it might be. It would help to keep the frequencies clear of unlicensed individuals if retailers would require the license call sign of anyone wishing to purchase amateur radio gear. Yes, the individuals need to be responsible. We all know there are those who would not follow the rules. That is where it takes everyone's help to ensure only properly licensed amateurs buy the equipment. Thank you. And that uh, uh, that really 
is what prompted this whole discussion. Now, having said that, this is not the first time we've received a notification or an email uh, or a complaint from someone who has uh, had an issue with that sort of thing. Uh, and it's been discussed online many, many times. Yeah, I've, I've heard the suggestion before. It's, it's not that common, but um, I've definitely heard it. And I think maybe at HamFest, uh, you know, just in conversations with hams, we hear that from time to time. But it's, it's interesting. I think that I see what he's trying to accomplish with this. Mm-hmm. And he sees uh, perhaps interference and unlicensed use, and he, he um, wants to stop that. And he thinks that maybe um, if the people who are causing the problem couldn't get the equipment to begin with, that would be a solution. Or at the very least minimize the problem. Right, and and I guess he's not necessarily wrong. Um, if unlicensed individuals didn't have a way to get the equipment, that would most likely cut down on some issues. Sure, I, I don't disagree with that. Sure, I guess not. Um, but there are some pros and cons to it, and we'll get into all of that in a minute. But let's uh, take a look at what happened when we put the poll up. Now, we put up this poll um, a few days ago. Um, didn't take long to get a lot of responses. Yeah, I think it was maybe three days ago from mm-hmm. the, the day we're recording here. And the question was, should ham radio dealers require their customers to have a license before shipping transceivers? And um, we had two possible responses. Um, one would be no, things are fine now, and the other one would be yes, no license, no order. And uh, you want to give the results? Sure. They uh, the results surprised me. Fifty four percent. We had we got two hundred and sixty seven votes, and fifty four percent of those voting said that we should require a license before shipping an order, as opposed to forty six percent that said no, things are fine now. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's higher than I thought. Mm-hmm. But what surprised all of us was that uh, most all the people who responded overwhelmingly were against um, having to require a license for the order. It was is pretty much a reversal of what the poll said. Yeah. That's what was weird. It, it was, and and I. I wish that we could hear from more people who are in favor of requiring a license to ship orders um, because I I don't think it's a good idea. Now, um, being that we sell radios, I may be a little biased, but I really don't see how it would work or – I mean, I think there's a lot of negatives to it that we'll get to in a, in a moment – but I was hoping to hear from more people that could explain why it was a good idea and perhaps how it could work. I, but why do you think that is? I mean, it, it, you would think that if there were uh, more people that were in favor of having a license in the poll, you would think that we would um, see that in the comments as well. But it was completely the reverse. Well, here's what I think. And, and um Again, I'm just guessing. This is a, uh, my hypothesis: is that it's 
requiring a license to ship an order is more of the the quick emotional answer. Like when you read this poll, if you're just going to quickly vote on something and you don't think about it too deeply, you're going to go, yeah, that's a great idea. But, and maybe this goes to the responses we were getting. If you think about it for a second, it's easy to come up with some negatives with requiring a license to place an order. And maybe those were the guys that were commenting. They would think about it for a second and think of a problem, and then they would comment with that problem. See, I had another take on that. Let's hear it. My take was that uh, it's easy to be negative and say, hey, no license, no order. Yes, you should have a license. But then if you want to really vocalize that and put your opinion as to why, uh, it would really put the spotlight on you and and say, oh, well, you're one of those guys that uh, – that are are that are a little stricter about it. Okay. And uh, maybe it, they just don't want to be recognized. In my experience, the people that are are more on the strict side don't care about being recognized. <laughs> Those guys will stand up and say uh, to anyone uh, their their thoughts on the licensing situation. But that's what, I, but that's what I'm saying. If if yeah. they don't care, then they should have no qualms about. Uh, you know, making their opinions known. I, you, you're absolutely right about that. I wish, and maybe someone listening to this that is that believes that we should require a license will send us an email or send us a tweet or, or something and let us know why. Because I, I would like to go deeper on this. I would like to hear from people who think that we should, we should do this. Maybe we should take it a step further and have them on the show. And interview them and say, why do you think maybe we should be this way? Let's let's talk about some of the positives. Like, what would if we were requiring a call sign to place an order? What would that solve? What would be the benefits? Surely there are some benefits. Mm-hmm. Anyone know any benefits? Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let Anthony go first. He talks to people every day. Well, one of the one of the biggest things I hear is you know it's going to prevent unlicensed use of radios. Is it really? Yeah, that's the goal. Uh, right. That, that, yeah. Uh, the ultimate goal. And, right. And maybe it would. If, if there is a problem where people are buying radios and using them unlicensed, that would be – how possibly solve it. I mean, it would stop someone who's intentionally being malicious mm-hmm. from using a radio if he, if he had no way of getting that radio. Maybe so. So in a, in a perfect world where you completely – can completely block their purchasing of all radios, then it solves it, right? Mm. I just I would and theoretically, I guess, yeah. I guess theoretically we'll speaking, um, another, maybe decrease, maybe decrease the the unlicensed use that's out there. Minimize because I think little, it's like anything yeah, else. I think yeah. if it's you know if you put if you put uh, laws are broken. People mm-hmm. break laws. You there, know? there are other ways people can get their hands on a radio, so it's not going to solve that everything. Get on their hands on guns, uh, drugs. It's if people want to do it bad enough. I, that's my thing. I don't think there's people out there that are just dying to get on ham radio and don't want to spend fifteen dollars and take a thirty-five <laughs> question test. You know, have to pass it. Okay, I, I don't think I don't think that's it at all. Um, I don't think people are going. You know what? I, I want to buy this Wuxon radio, and I want to mess with the ham community. I don't think that's it at all. 
No, it's it's probably most of the time it probably happens out of ignorance. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, another pro to doing this would be to ensure that some level of radio knowledge uh, is there before they use it. In other words, you're not just picking up a radio, you don't know what you're doing, and then you're causing more problems than than solving with the radio. Um, so if you know something about the equipment that you're using, um, you know, it, it helps before you buy it. Right. And that, 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 that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. That's what the license process is there to solve, making sure that you, you halfway know what you're doing before you get on the air. Mm-hmm. So, but, so I had a local ham guy come in from one of our local clubs and berate me in front of everyone because we sold someone a somebody that was taking classes at their their club working to get their technician's license they came in husband and wife and bought a couple radios just to familiarize themselves with the radios program Mm -hmm. them it helped them and all they wanted to do was listen they wanted to listen how the procedure with giving your call sign and and just monitor so we sold it to him, but man, you thought we we were just contributing to to this madness uh, on on the radios on the airwaves, and um, it, you know, I stated my case, <laughs> he stated his case, and it just kind of was left at that. You know, it was, um, but I could see where these I knew these people were taking the classes over there. Um, and we're studying hard to take. They bought manuals. They bought our Gordon West manuals and, and knew they were doing it. And us as salespeople, we let people know too. Look, you'd be surprised how many people don't know what amateur radio is. Mm-hmm. That that they call in and they go, I don't know what I need. I want to. You know, I live in California. I want emergency preparedness for my family and I. And but I need a radio that's going to talk um, fifteen miles. Okay. Well, it's not going to happen with Simplex. Not going to happen. We suggest, oh, well, maybe you and your family take your amateur test. What is that? Mm-hmm. You explain that to them. And they go, oh. And we explain to them, you're not allowed to transmit on these. It's, a, it's against the law to transmit on these. You can, you can listen, but you can't transmit. So we do our due diligence there with you know, letting right. people know um, of course, yeah. what they can and cannot do with that radio they buy. Well, that brings to the third pro, which is just simply promoting good radio citizenry, because that's that's part of that. That's part of what you just said. Part of the whole mix. Yeah, and, I guess um, if if uh, I guess that would inspire more conversations. Like if someone wants to place an order for a radio that they're not licensed to use, maybe it would promote a conversation where they would call in and say, "Why can't I buy this?" or "What what's it going to take for me to buy this?" and then they would get educated a little on the licensing process mm-hmm. and um, maybe that's someone who would have just got the radio and transmitted on the default frequencies and never known any better but now um, they're educated and they they at least know that they need to get a license or they need to use other frequencies or a different type of radio so those are the pros pretty much what about the cons why would this be a terrible idea <sighs> Well, I think that um, where do we start? Uh, first, Anthony's example. Um, if you are studying for a ham test and you want to get your hands on the equipment, maybe you know the rules 
and you know you're not allowed to transmit, but you want to know how the programming software works. You want to know, I mean, maybe it's, it's going to help you study for your test to actually read the manual for this equipment and get your hands on the equipment and go through the menu and, and change settings and listen to what goes on on a net, for example, or listen to what people talk about on the air. That's not illegal. You can listen to these frequencies before you're licensed. And I think it's good for people to do that. It takes a while for someone starting from zero to study 300 questions and get their tech and maybe their general license if they want to do HF. Um, I'm going to take it a step further than that. Huh? When, uh, when Tommy and I uh, were studying for our technician license way back in the day, and we purchased the ARL books, not the Gordon West books, the ARL books, and those things are pretty dry reads. Mm-hmm. Um, we went through the, that book. It took us a while, but really, we're reading about radio theory, basically. Right. All the technical things uh, behind radios, radio theory. But at that point, Tommy didn't have, now, you know, I, I use radios here at work. You know, we've got business radios, FRS radios, that sort of thing. But Tommy had never really messed with radios before, per se, when he started studying the the license. Now, he, he's, you know, aside from the FRS radios. So a lot of this stuff was a little difficult for him to absorb at first because he really hadn't had his hands on a radio to experiment around and, and really understand or, or, or um, uh, try by doing uh, to really understand uh, what they were talking about. So he, you know, he got his, he's a smart kid. He got his tech license uh, pretty easily, but it was still a bit of a challenge for him because he's one of those kids who likes to learn by doing by example and not just reading a bunch of theory. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people out there that I would guess that there are probably a lot of people who would have been interested in getting their ham license but decide not to when they get one of these books and they get through part of it and they go, I don't get any of this. Um, yeah, never mind, you know. And then they right. never get their license. Well, th- wouldn't, there's a couple, wouldn't uh, having a, a radio help them? Absolutely. There's a couple of ways to that people approach getting a ham license. Some mm-hmm. of them are just going to uh, take an online test where they go through the 300 questions and they memorize, well, this is the answer to this question, and they don't really know why. Maybe most people do that, but some people want to, like you talked about, get the ARL book and actually understand why the answer to this question is this. And for those people, which are the ones you really want to encourage, having equipment in front of them is probably going to make it easier. Mm-hmm. And you want to encourage that. Well, de- definitely. And, you know, I hear from hams, and I've heard from hams in the past that have complained that what you're saying, and all that, well, they just get the, the book and they memorize the answers and take the test. They're not really learning anything. Well, goodness, if you mm-hmm. want them to learn something... They've got to learn by doing, and the only way they can do that is if they actually have a radio in their hands. Otherwise, the only other thing they've got is the theory and memorizing the answers in the book. So for some of those hams, and it's funny because some of those hams are the same ones that are saying that you need a license to buy a radio. And what it comes down to is you can't have it both ways. Right. You know, so, and then, of course, they complain that not enough people are getting into ham radio. 
So go figure. <laughs> um, another thing that I keep coming back to is, and running an e-commerce site that sells radios, this is this is maybe something that applies to me only, but I'm thinking, what are the logistics of how this would work? If mm-hmm. can can you just have someone enter a call sign and then the fact that they enter a call sign means we ship the radio or um, I mean, that doesn't seem like it's it's enough. You you mm-hmm. kind of need to verify that call sign with the FCC and make sure it's valid. And you probably need to take it a step further and make sure that you're only shipping the product to the address that's tied to the call sign. Well, what if I want to buy you a amateur radio for Christmas, Danny? And I don't have my call. I do have my call sign, but I want to ship it to my house because I don't. What want if my to do- wife, who's not a ham, wants to buy me a Christmas right. present, mm-hmm. right, and have it shipped to to her the, work to the exactly. to her work because she doesn't want you to find it twelve days before Christmas, right? It, and if you're not doing the address check and requiring that it's shipped to the the address that's on file with the FCC, then you haven't accomplished anything. Adding a call sign field isn't going to prevent anyone from buying a radio because they'll just enter any call sign. So you have to put the address check in there, and that complicates it for everyone. Because right. oh, sure. now, how many people have products that they purchase online shipped to their work instead of their home? Right. Or how many have the wrong address on file with the FCC? They, they probably shouldn't, and that's easy enough they've to update. Moved. They've moved, and they haven't updated their address. Right. You know, that, but That's going to happen. Well, that gets into another uh, point. Where does that end? Do we now start um, if we if we can't verify by address and by call sign and know that the person that we're actually talking to on the phone or that's actually ordering online is really that person with all the ID theft going around these days? Do we now need picture IDs? Are we going to have to do facial recognition to to? I mean, where does it end? Yeah, you. That's the point. as you get into that, you start to make it more and more complicated for people who legitimately want to purchase a radio to do so. If and that's the other thing. How this isn't a federal legal requirement. This mm-hmm. would be if for example buy2wayradios.com implemented this, we would be the only dealer that I've ever heard of that has something like this that requires a license. I don't know if anyone else is doing that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone is doing it. I think I've seen one other person that does, and I can't. I can't remember who it was, and I probably wouldn't say their name on the radio on the uh, podcast anyway. But I think there was somebody else out there that did. Um, just in my scrolling the the internet, um, but I think the majority of folks are that are selling amateur radio equipment do not require that at all. Mm-hmm. I wonder how they handle the the gift situation. I would love to know that. But, um, well, look. Aside from that, what about Amazon? What about Alibaba and all these other places where people can just buy a radio online, almost anonymously, and and have it shipped to their to their house or 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 anywhere, pretty right. much. And and. and what, what do you do about those? You, you can't control. There's no way for them to control them. Amazon's not going to do it. Amazon doesn't even know that you need a license to operate. Sure, they don't operate. care. They don't, they don't, they just, don't know and they don't care. Who's, who's going to enforce that? Right. As long as there's not some kind of federal regulation requiring this, then 
it seems like the business is trying to do, quote unquote, the right thing, it's going to end up suffering because you're adding a step. You're making it more complicated for people that want to buy from you to do so. Well, what's going to and, happen is that they're essentially going to put themselves out of business because the, the person buying the radio say, oh, I have to have a license to buy it from you? Oh, well, I'll just go over to so-and-so where I don't need a license and they'll sell me one or this guy will sell me one or Amazon or, or whatever. Uh, and, and, and I'll just buy, buy my radio from them. And then before you know it, you've got a couple of businesses going out of business because they can't it's, Nobody will buy a radio from them. It's hard enough as a small business to compete with, like, Amazon, for example. Yeah, it's tough out there. And, you know, running off um, potential business is, is maybe a bad decision, especially mm -hmm. when no one else is doing it. This is something where if everyone started doing it at the same time and there were clear rules, like this is how it's going to have to work and everyone's going to follow this, that would be different. But one business unilaterally deciding to do it makes it really complicated and, and, and hard to not hurt your business. I don't well, see it happening. I don't see and I don't I think the federal government, the FCC's got bigger fish to fry. I don't I've heard of one I don't monitor the, the two meter or four forty often, but I don't hear complaints of of unlicensed use on Neither, neither do I. I, I neither do I've I. heard one time it happened, and I happened to have my radio on, and I heard it. Um, but I don't think it's an. I think if somebody comes in to look at, they call us, they come into our site, and they come in. We can see where people come in. We can mm -hmm. see what they've Google searched. You know, we can see that it's analytics. We can see all that. I think that if they've come in, called, or came through our website, and they're searching or they ask about an amateur radio, somebody has pushed them to to do that. Because mm -hmm. going back to what I said earlier, most people don't know what the heck amateur radio is or what it's all about. I think if somebody comes in and says, hey, I'm calling about this Wooshin 899. Uh, I'm thinking about getting my amateur license. Somebody's pushed him towards that. You know, it's not more, more, more yeah. than likely somebody has. And I think it's part of the, it shouldn't all fall back on the dealers. I think that person that maybe recommended that or said, hey, get into this hobby with me, you know, go buy this radio. Mm -hmm. You can't transmit. You can monitor all day long. I think it's part of their responsibility as well to say, you know, if you're going to tell somebody about it, let them know. Let them the, know. The, the, yeah. And we, and full like disclosure. Said, and we do that here as well. You know, I know myself and the, and the rest of the sales staff out here, we're quick to let somebody know if they're, you know, we let people know about VHF Marine radios on land. You can't mm -hmm. do it. You can't do it. You know, we're, we let people know what you can and cannot do. You know, most of the violations that I've seen, at least the ones coming through the FCC, haven't been on ham bands anyway. A lot of them have been on the public service frequencies or on, you know, marine frequencies or something else, not really so much the ham bands. So there are going to be a lot of people that buy these things and they're going to punch in a number and they're going to be on, they could be on any band. They could be violating anything. It could be anybody. Um, you, you just don't know. And you know what about the FCC? 
they're not really monitoring for this unless somebody really notifies them about it. Look, they're not even doing... Look what they did with the FCC enforcement advisory here about the Chinese radios, about the import radios. As you put it earlier, they threw a grenade and walked out of the room. Yeah. They didn't do anything else. So there really has been no follow-up on the enforcement. It seems like none of this has really had any teeth. So to expect the FCC to come in and say, okay, we're going to make a regulation, a rule that you have to be licensed to, to buy one of these radios, I think is a little absurd because if the FCC isn't isn't enforcing a lot of this other stuff that they said they were already going to enforce, um, how are they going to enforce it? And there's no way for them to enforce it. And that kind of goes into that chicken and egg problem, you know, it, it's – you know, it's it's hard for one dealer to justify doing it when the competitors aren't, and all the dealers would have to agree to it, and then have to be some kind of regulation. But once that regulation goes into effect, if it ever did, um, who's going to police that? Who's going to police it? So yeah, I, I think that when uh, people think about this, they imagine the best possible version of it in their head. They think that. Mm-hmm oh, this is, uh, this is a good idea because it would fix all these problems. But in reality, that's not, the, that's not what happens. You get like um, the regulations go into place and they're half of what you wanted them to be to begin with and then they're not enforced and it ends up having unintended consequences and it's just not the way you imagine it to be. Pe- people, when they want these things, it's always the perfect mental version of that thing. But in that's a perfect not what you world, end up everything is going to work in a perfect world. But this is not a perfect world. It's far from perfect. Yeah, you, you don't and get that perfect version that yeah, you're imagining. Yeah. And so uh, what it comes down to, I think the cons pretty much outweigh the pros in this case, in my personal opinion. Like I said, I think if it was a if it was a major issue, maybe maybe it is a, here in Rock Hill, South Carolina, I don't think it's an issue with this unlicensed use. Maybe yeah. in Los Angeles or something like that. It's you know yeah. New York City. Maybe it is, but I I, I really doubt it. I bet that I don't hear complaints either no. about no. unlicensed transmitting. What I hear complaints about, especially on like two meter four forty, um, are maybe the people using low priced radios that maybe don't work well with their repeaters. I've heard like. DMR, um, some type of like low, really low end DMR radios that cause problems with the higher <laughs> but, end. But they're, going but, they're, out. but they're licensed, so <laughs> exactly. Now, so now we're now we're getting on what equipment they are buying legally yeah. because the dealer asked for a call sign. Oh, but now the so where's it going to end? Where is it going to mm-hmm. end? Where no, everybody must. If you're going to be an amateur radio user, everyone must use Kenwood and ICOM. That's 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 the only way you can get in. Are, are the repeater owners going to start checking? To I've heard of repeater owners that don't allow valfunks. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, I've heard some on the DMRs. You know, complain about some of the other radios as well for, te- for technical reasons, mostly. Right. But you know, and that's that's a whole other podcast because that comes down to not everybody can afford a, a four hundred dollar Kenwood handheld. Not everybody can. That's uh, true. It all comes out, you can't please everybody. And You're, you want the hobby to expand. Right. And these low-priced radios are allowing the hobby to expand. Right. But 
there's negatives with the hobby expanding. The thing is, if all these hams are complaining there are not enough hams in the hobby, and then you want to raise the bar to make it very difficult for people to get in, because in order for them to get in, you have to get the license first, and then you have to go buy this really expensive piece of equipment to, to get in there. Um, you, you've raised the bar so high that how can you expect more people to be interested in the hobby? especially when they're busy trying to, you know, put food on the table or, or put gas in their car and things like that. It's just, it's, it's not going to happen. So. I think um, we should read some of these replies that we got to our tweet. I think we should because I think uh, some of these really, some of them reiterate what we already said, but I think some of them really drive the point home a little more. Uh, first of all, uh, Jack said... I had a vote no because if my wife wants me to buy a radio, I don't want them telling her no. That's 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 a good that's point. A, you a want people point. to be able to buy you radios as a gift. Uh, Henry says uh, one interference is a bigger problem than public safety, and, and I brought that up earlier. Um, you know, rather than than in ham. Uh, two, you don't have to have a driver's license to buy a car or a fishing license to buy tackle or bait, and there's no reason to require a license to buy a radio, whether it's ham, public safety, marine, aviation, etc. Um, excellent point. You know, ICOM liked that that tweet too. They came big, back uh, big aviation. Uh, yeah, we sell a lot of their aviation radios. We do, we do. Um, he also said, Henry also said, policing the airwaves isn't the responsibility of the dealer. I own radios before I became a ham, just had common sense to know not to transmit on them. That, that's a good point. I mean, you Drives are, right home. if something like this went into effect, you would be turning dealers into enforcement in some mm-hmm. way, and they aren't qualified for that. Yeah. Um, Stigil, I think that's how I... You pronounce his name. He said, "No, there are people who buy radios for licensed operators as gifts." That that reiterates what uh, uh, what Jack said earlier. And um, he also said, uh, "A new rig is a great gift for a licensed operator." So I think he's maybe <laughs> hint hint. <laughs> Someone send him. Is there a anybody radio. with the, with the, that said yes? Is there any comments from any of the folks that said yes? No, there's just absolutely none. So the far, yes is one, and no one commented. See, so, I think that's so kind of uh, yeah. I think that's exactly exactly. <laughs> this is a a family show, but I think that's kind of. I think if you're going to vote, give us your opinion. Give us give us your right. opinion. Someone defend right. that. Someone's uh, email uh, us. I, I want to. I, I want somebody to defend that. That's a lot of over half of the votes that said yes, and nobody spoke up to say nobody. this is why. Nope. Jack had another comment here. He's uh, he's saying here. So here's the question: Is there that many non-licensed ham radio operators buying in radios? It's an open question. Who knows? We're not checking the licenses. How, how, I would, say no. I, I, I would well, say no. I would say no. You're in ham radio. You're supposed to announce your call sign when you transmit. Mm-hmm. I mean, other hams that you would be talking to on ham frequencies, they're going to ask for that. In in my experience, that's just courtesy. That's the way you you start a transmission. Is here's here's my call mm-hmm. sign, and people would know if and notice if if people weren't giving these call signs, right? 
Yeah. Driver Films Shortwave says, no, I got my Baofeng before I got my license. Responsibility is down to whoever purchases the radio to make sure that they do not transmit illegally. And he drives that point home. Um, Steve says, radios are bought and sold at HamFest all the time. What about those? Trying to regulate who buys a radio would be an impossible task. The bands are primarily policed by hams, and it should remain that way. Bravo, Steve. I think I do think it's easier at a ham fest though to, to check a, a license than it is on on the internet. Yeah, but here's here's one thing. I so every time I do a ham fest, there's always testing going on, and I mm-hmm. always tell folks, you know, they come up there, you know, they're wandering the the booths before they take their test, and uh, they say, oh, you know, they let us, you know, they're quick to listen, they're excited, they're they're taking their test, and you know, mm-hmm. they're nervous at the same time. And you say, well, you know what? When you pass your test. Bring your ticket over to us, and you know we'll give you. A, I always give them like a five percent discount. You yeah. know, to, well, I got to stop that now because they don't technically have a call sign. I mean, is that uh, you because know, they're not going to get it for a little while? Yeah, it's going to be some. You know, it could be next day. It could be a couple weeks, depending on how quickly they get them put in. That's and a good point. going to be long over by then, right? You, you know? know, I mean, it's you want to order your radio as soon as you pass that test, right? And you right. don't have a call sign yet, right? Well, you know. Speaking of Hamfest, by the way, when people go into the, is it a natural assumption for the, for these um, dealers that are doing uh, the the swap meets or the the flea market part of the Hamfest, which some of them are all flea markets, um, is is it a natural assumption that anybody who walks in the door buys a ticket and, and for entry and gets into the Hamfest that they're automatically ham? I mean, how many tickets to Hamfest? are sold to people who really aren't hams. And I don't see anybody checking, you know. They're, they're selling it. used equipment all the time. I don't see anybody checking I anybody got, else. I got another one for you. I see uh, fathers and sons or daughters in ham fest, and the the father will be carrying a, a, a ham radio, and the son or daughter is carrying a ham radio as well. Mm-hmm. And you ask, I always speak to the kids because I think it's great to see the kids in there. A lot of kids, right. there's too much technology now for kids to – if they're getting involved, that's I think it's a good thing. And you see them, and you go, "Well, how long have you had your license?" I don't. This is my dad's radio, and I just I just listen to it. Okay, well, who's who's, who's that wondering that kid? Yeah, who's on that now? I mean, that's uh, uh, a licensed user that gave it to their kid to to just listen. The kid may not transmit on there, and they may know the rules that no, you can't do this. But mm-hmm. should they not be allowed to carry that radio? Should the dad not be allowed to give the kid the 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 amateur radio to listen yep uh this thing, I, there's just too many just yeah, there, there's there too many kinks in the chain here to um without making it a crazy r- regulatory thing i mean there's and you're not going to please everybody well we have too many regulations right now anyway right that's just my that's just my thought on it Don says the amateur service is supposed to be self-policing and generally is FCC enforcement, uh, on the other hand, (laughs) in parentheses. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Respectfully, I don't see a real benefit to shifting the policing burden onto the retail outlet and harm the livelihood of an already small sector. Uh, You know, that's, yeah. (laughs) Uh, All right. 
Colby says, plenty of people get a radio before they get licensed just so they can listen. Each individual is responsible for what they do with the radio, not the manufacturer's sellers. Okay, here we go. Rob says, if you know the regulations, this becomes a non-issue as every station operator uses their call sign before and after each transmission contact on RF. Uh, Seasons Bleedings says, the real issue lately has been from the uncertified slash Part 90 certified Chinese radios, which can transmit on public safety bands, being sold on Amazon and other online resellers, and coming pre-programmed with LMR channels and sold as ham by the reseller. And uh, yeah, that is, a, that is a problem. Right. That's a problem that's not solved by requiring a call sign. No, that's, that's true. Um, Odd Job says radio transceivers can be used for educational purposes and receiving only modes. You don't have to be a ham to receive signals. It isn't the dealer's responsibility to police their airwaves. That's our job in the FCC. And uh, let's see if we've got any more here. Oh, good one. Steve, I like Steve's. Steve says if that was a requirement, I would not be a ham today. And that brings up the point we made earlier. William says, should you be licensed before buying a car? How about a gun? And you brought that up earlier uh, yourself, Anthony. Uh, How many years did GMRS require a license and Walmart wasn't checking call signs? Yeah, that's that's true. Um, neither was anybody I've else. T- but. <laughs> I've tested. The, you know what? I've gone in. I'm kind of a smart aleck, and, and I, I like to... I check up on the competitors a lot and, you know, I'll go into a target or a big box store and look at their GMRS radios and ask the sales associate, Hey, do these require a license? No, no, they work right out of the box. You don't need a license for these. They don't know. They don't know, you know, but they don't care. So are they going to, yeah, that, that regulation on GMRS has changed to two watts or less, but, um, I just think it's, I think, you know, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. You know, you go into Target or, or, or um, Walmart or someplace like that, Best Buy or whatever, and you pull one of these bubble pack GMRS radios off the shelf. You, you go to self-checkout and run it through the, the scanner. Nobody's even paying attention as long as it doesn't go ding, ding, ding and flag you for, well, for is that gonna, ripping is that, When they off. scan that now, are they going to have to require they scan yeah, I mean, their, hold yeah. their license up to the monitor or show the clerk? I mean... Well, unlicensed yeah. use was a much bigger problem on GMRS Absolutely. than yeah. It's, yeah. it's ever been for ham, and no one asked for a call sign there. No mm-hmm. one. Lenny says, it's not a gun for crying out loud. What, what next? Background checks to buy boat anchors at estate sales? Wake up, sheeple. Um Matt Bat says, that would have really screwed me over. The first two radios I had that were base slash mobile type were gifts from my parents who are not licensed. He also says, also in my experience, the problem with people misusing radios is not when they go to reputable dealers. It's when they go to someplace like eBay or Amazon and pick up junk cheap that don't know what they're buying and there's nobody to help them understand. So um, good points from from Matt. Uh, He also follows up with uh, not uh, what about parents or adult children who may not live at the same address? Or if I use a P.O. box for FCC but order ships UPS to my physical address? And we did address that earlier. Um, 
He says, the mobile rig that I use in my car was a gift from my parents. I did not live with them at the time, and they did not send it directly to me. They were not licensed. Got it from, uh, got it from another dealer, and they gave it on the day. Uh, forget if it was Christmas or birthday, but that is irrelevant. Um, so, so the point is that people are, are really overwhelmingly saying no. But they're <laughs> overwhelmingly voting yes. So, yeah, I really don't get that. <laughs> my heart says yes, but my head says no. <laughs> uh, well, how do we sum this up? We, th- we know what we think. We think that this is a bad idea. There's lots of reasons this is a bad idea. Um, but we, wanna, we do want to hear from someone who thinks it's a good idea. Right. You know, we're very open-minded here, so mm-hmm. we, we want to hear – to those yes votes or those folks out there that didn't vote but listening to this and there are some folks that are on are not on Twitter and didn't see our poll question but I, I like to hear both sides I, I want to yeah, hear exactly but I've so far convince it's a, us it's an yeah, overwhelming responses <laughs> all the comments I don't know how many are on that but they're no's they're, they're in response quite to a no. few quite a few hey and uh, you send us your comments we read them on the show and and we'll send you a we'll send you a uh, we'll send you a two-way radio show t-shirt but i'll need your call sign before i send you you the t-shirt we need your call sign not really we're nice here (laughs) we're not (laughs) until they start regulating t-shirts um all right well we have a comments and questions from our blog and a forum at twowayradioforum.com real quick um Eric is responding to episode 130, where we talked about the uh, uh, Motorola T800 FRS two-way radio. And he says the capabilities of the new radio weren't possible before in the FRS and GMRS bands, though Garmin had an exception for its Rhino line of uh, radios. It's only with the uh, 2017 updates to the FRS service that the FCC did that they got digital messaging and location sharing services. Prior to that, Bluetooth could be used only as a digital audio protocol. Some of these features have been available in competing products, uh, though they work in the 900 megahertz ISM, and others with similar features are coming. I'd look for a lot of other radios to have similar features shortly. There are a bunch of digital protocols used in the VHF and UHF bands. Do they have any information on what the T800 uses to pass data between radios? Uh, APRS uses AX25, which is a 1200 or 9600 uh, BPS audio stream. Does it perhaps use that, or is it something proprietary like the Garmin system? And that's from Eric. That's that's good information, and uh, that, that's a good question. I actually mm-hmm. tried to figure out what kind of technology they were using to pass this data, and there, there's nothing out there, and um, uh, our reps with Motorola aren't really technical enough to give me that level of detail. Um, but um, I'd like to know if anyone has a way I can find out. I'm, uh, I'm curious. I do agree that we will probably see more of these types of radios coming out in the near future. All right, well, I guess it does it for our comments and questions this time. Send in your comments and questions for Denny, Anthony, or myself to show at buy2bayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. You can subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on iTunes, Blueberry.com, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, or Spotify. 
All right, that does it for our show this time. Any any comments before we go? I think we got it all. Nope. All right. Well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, BuyTwoWay Radios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Well, everyone, as always, thanks for listening, and until next time, for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feemster. And I'm Anthony Roquet. And we're out.